This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life will be changed for the better. And I will never, 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 never be the same again. You may be seated. Amen. We're talking about the miracles of the New Testament, and today we're going to be in Luke chapter 7, talking about how Jesus raising a widow's son from the dead. And there's a testimony that we got just this week that I thought went really well with this message this morning. And they write, Dear Pastors and Dr. Austin, I wanted to share a quick note about something that happened this morning at work. This past year, my work situation has gotten extremely toxic. In the midst of it, I've been doing what, he know, what we know to do, and that's laugh and praise. Everybody say, laugh and praise. Laugh and praise. I still show up to work. Oh, well, that's, that's a key right there. I still show up to work with my smile and my positive attitude. I also came across a prayer about letting God's anointing be seen on me at all times, regardless of what's going on around me. This morning, I had spent extra time worshiping in my office, and then calls started coming through for help. How about this, being a blessing? Turn to turn neighbor and say, you gotta be a blessing. Even though I was off duty, I volunteered to help. Wow, what a concept, right? And I was walking, as I was walking around running errands, I stopped to say hello to two people, and one said, yes, like her. She's always like this every time I see her. The other person said, yes, she must know the Lord. It's all over her. At that point, I really had to keep my composure because I was already in praise mode. And then I ran to another colleague who was obviously shaken up, and I just gave her a hug, and she said, God sent you this way for me. I told, her, I told her she could do this, and that was it. But no matter what's going on around us, the light within us is more powerful. We just have to let the Holy Spirit guide us and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Everybody say, I need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm so grateful for my family of faith. May, God, may everyone have a safe and blessed spring break. So we're talking about this, the miracles of the New Testament. And speaking of Holy Week revival, in 2019, the Holy Spirit spoke to Pastor Lingerfeld and said this, many people want to see miracles. How many of y'all want to see a miracle? Wow, the enthusiasm was not very good there. How many of y'all want to see a miracle? Amen, Amen right? but they don't want to hear about what they must do to receive miracles. Don't have that mentality. It's the difference between giving you a fish versus teaching you how to fish. And in this series, we're talking about what you must do to receive miracles. Now, many people run around looking for more faith or signs and wonders, but they never receive, and in their lives, the circumstances never change. Don't live that way. Instead, take action so you can walk in the miraculous every day. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna walk in the miraculous every day. 
See, some of y'all can't even tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor one more time. Say, I don't know about you, but I'm going to walk in the miraculous every day. Make sure you have eyes to see, have ears to hear, and take action on God's word. Now, this morning's miracle is about a widow's son being raised from the dead. And when we think about the dead, we always think about those in the grave. And we think about those in heaven or hell. But how many of y'all know every single day walking around us, even sometimes Christian people are living as if they're dead? Their lives have no light, no joy, and when you look into their eyes, there's no life. They are alive, but they live this life as if they are the walking dead. They are people, even, there are people even in church, but their lives are dead. There's no fruit, there's no, uns, no answered prayer, and there's no miracles. They are alive, but they live this life as if they are dead. No hope, no faith, no purpose. They are walking dead. So this today's message, we're gonna talk about wake up, dead man. Everybody say that. Tell your neighbor, say, wake up. Wake up. Tell the neighbor, say, wake up. In Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 11, soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. And as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. Everybody say, his heart went out to her. He had compassion. And he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood still. He said, young men, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. Now a great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea, and the surrounding country. So Jesus is just minding those, his own business, just ministering. He sees this funeral procession, and he saw a widow. Now we know they are a widow because that means her spouse has died. So not only did she lost her spouse, but now she has lost her only son. And Jesus had compassion. And he told the woman, don't cry. Don't cry. You know, this is what's great about the word of God. This is what's different about the word of God than the world. This is what's different about Jesus than the world is he's got the solution to your problem. He's got the answer to whatever you're facing, whatever challenge you're coming, coming with. So because of that, he handles it way different than the world does. Just like he told in Mark's gospel, he told Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Don't be afraid, just have faith in God. R.W. Schambach used to often say, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Everybody say, I don't have any trouble. I have any trouble. All, I All I need is faith in God. Faith in God. Don't cry, just believe. Don't cry, just have faith in God. Now the widow was grieving. She had no husband, now she had no son. She had no one to help her out to provide for her. She was destitute. And especially you understand in that culture, because she was a woman, she was really up the creek. I mean, because she was a woman, she really had a problem. Because in that society at that time, women didn't have many rights. So not only had she lost her husband, but now she had lost her only son. 
and Jesus was moved with compassion. And in compassion, Jesus touched the young man's coffin. Now, another aspect of this story is because he touched a dead man's coffin, he would have been considered ceremonially unclean. They did not believe in going up and just touching the dead man's coffin. You know, it's not like today. I've seen some crazy things doing some funeral services. Some crazy things doing, doing some funeral services. And you know, people look at a dead body and they want to hug it. There's no reason hugging a dead body. So I never said, don't hug a dead body. There's no reason to hug a dead body. The, dead, the person's gone. The person's gone. But this person was, they would have been, Jesus would have been considered ceremonial, unclean for touching. But guess what? He didn't care. He didn't care. Jesus was willing to touch the untouchable. He was willing to show compassion. Jesus knew nothing is too hard for God. He knew that with God, all things are possible. John Osteen, who's the one that founded a Lakewood church in Houston, Texas, often used to say, reach the unreachable, touch the untouchable, love the unlovable. How many of y'all think that should be true of Faith Christian Center? Amen. In 2023, how about we reach the unreachable? How about we touch the untouchable? How about we love the unlovable? Now, if you turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 103, one of my favorite scriptures, it talks about the benefits that we have in God. Psalm chapter 103, starting at verse 1, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my minutes being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many of y'all, someone say this, say God has benefits. Someone say it, say serving God has benefits. What does he do? He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desire with good things? With what kind of things? Good things, good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Praise God, he forgives our sins. I said praise God, he forgives our sins. Praise God that he heals all diseases. Praise God that our desires are fulfilled with good things. Praise God that he's pulled us from the pit. How many of you glad you're not living in the pit anymore? Amen. Praise God, not only has he pulled us from the pit, but he has crowned us. Notice what it says there in verse 4. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with what? Love and compassion. Love and compassion. That's why we need to walk in love and compassion just as Jesus did. We need to walk in love and compassion. Now, that's an Old Testament example. Let's look at a New Testament example. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, because we are God's chosen people, because we are holy, holy means to be set apart, Holy means that we are not defiled by the world. We are set apart for another purpose because we are dearly loved. Anybody here dearly loved by God? Amen. Because we are chosen people, because we are holy, because we are dearly loved, we are called to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Now, several years ago, I was doing the daily Bible reading, and by the way, the daily Bible reading is something you should incorporate into your life. If you need to go to our website, 
And you click on a menu, they'll take it to our daily Bible reading. And if you do the daily Bible reading, it's only like four or five chapters a day. How many of y'all think y'all can handle four or five chapters a day? Amen. Right? And if you do the daily Bible reading on the church website, you'll go through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once. So at the beginning of the year, we go through the New Testament. Then we go through the Old Testament. At the end of the year, you go through the New Testament again. As a matter of fact, we just finished up the, Old, the New Testament, and we're now we're in Genesis in Abraham, if you follow along with the daily Bible reading. This is the power of the daily Bible reading, because when you read the Bible daily, God will speak to you. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor say, if you'll read your Bible, God will speak to you. <laughs> it's an amazing thing, isn't it? There's a great satire site called Babylonian Bee. And they had, this, they had this meme of this guy sitting at his table and he had his, he had his hands crossed. And he was saying, if God would only talk to me. And the reason why it was a meme, because he was sitting there with his hands crossed, if God would only talk to me and his Bible was two feet from him on the table, right? If God would only talk to me. Listen, you want God to talk to you? Read his word, because guess what? Guess what he's confirming? His word. He's not confirming your feelings. He's not confirming your circumstance. He's confirming his word. So the more you get into his word, the more you're going to hear the voice of God. And so just a few years ago, reading through this, you know, it, it just struck me again. I said, hey, that needs to be me. I'm, I'm, I'm chosen. I'm holy. I'm dearly loved. So I need to clothe myself with these things. So I just made this a part of my personal confession. And here's what I say. Because I'm chosen, holy, and dearly loved by God, I'm clothed with compassion. Because I'm chosen and holy and dear loved by God, I'm clothed with kindness. Because I'm chosen and holy and dear loved by God, I'm clothed with humility. Because I'm chosen and holy and dearly loved by God, I'm clothed with gentleness. Because I am chosen and holy and dearly loved by God, I'm clothed with patience. How many of y'all know you gotta remind yourself sometimes? Forget I said that. I retract that statement. How many of y'all know you gotta remind yourself all the time? <laughs> right? Why would you confess that every morning, Aaron? Don't you have it? Sure, but I'm building it into my spirit, man, every single day so that when a situation comes around, the first thing that comes in my mind is compassion, gentleness, humility, right? Patience. How many all know we need some patience? Well, why would you need those things, Aaron? Because I live in this world, and I've been in the ministry for almost 28 years now. And I'm here to tell you that when you're in the ministry, you can really get a bad attitude towards people. <laughs> News alert. Why would, you have a bad, why would you have a bad attitude towards people? Well, because we do our best. We pray, we study, we put information out there. We try to help people. And then they turn around and do the exact opposite. Or they try to, you know, you try to, you know, you try to be a blessing to people and they just don't listen. It can become, it can become a challenge. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right here, right? It can become a challenge. Or, you know, if you just, Pastor Learfield said us a few weeks ago, that if you just look at Twitter, or you just look at social media, or if you just watch the news, you'll think that everybody's crazy. But how many of y'all know there are a lot of hurting people out there? Amen. I said, how many of y'all know there are a lot of hurting people out there? Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, that's the way Jesus looked at it. Look at Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, 
and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus was doing everything he could do. Look at verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had what? He had what? Compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Now notice here that when Jesus looked out, he had compassion, and he didn't just say to his disciples, let's cry for them. When he looked out, he didn't say to his disciples, let's have a moment of silence for them. He didn't look out his he didn't look at his disciples and say, well, that's too bad for them. No, what he said. He said, workers need to be sent out into the harvest field. Well, guess who those workers are? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a worker for the Lord. Tell the neighbor and say, you might not look like it, but you're a worker for the Lord. Don't take offense. It's okay. It's okay. You and I, this is our opportunity. This is our opportunity. Now listen, true compassion is not showing sympathy. True compassion is not crying and helping people feel better in their defeat. True compassion is being the hands and the feet of Jesus and walking in the power of God. True compassion is being used of God to bring about miracles, not just in your life, but in the lives of others. In the lives of others. In the lives of others. Now listen, this is a very important point for us here because, you know, I cannot meet every single need. I am not God. You cannot meet every single need. Every single situation you come across, you cannot fix. And there's several reasons for that that we won't get into this morning. One of it has to do with people's free will, but the other thing that it has to do with is you are not God. I am not God. But here's the point. We need to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Lord puts someone on your heart, then you act on it. If the Lord tells you to pray for somebody, then you better pray for them. Why? Because here's what's great about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God believes in efficiency. The kingdom of God is not like the government. It believes in efficiency. So if I'm being led by God and I'm ministering to somebody and then this person down here, Yvonne is out and he's ministering to somebody else and if his wife is led and she's ministering to somebody else, well, man, now we've got the body of Christ. Now we've got the body of Christ moving in the same direction. Now we've got Faith Christian Center moving in the same direction. And if we will all follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, in ministering to other people, we would not have enough seats in this place to hold the number of people that want to hear about the goodness of God. That was a very weak amen. amen. Do you all agree? Amen. amen, right? And so what, but see, here's the deal, is we are led by the Spirit of God. So why did Jesus stop at this funeral procession? Because he was moved with What? Compassion. He was moved with what? Compassion. compassion. Tell your neighbor, say, hey, you know you can be moved by compassion? 
It's true. You can. You can be moved by compassion. Amen? But see, we don't tell them just don't cry. We tell them to believe. We don't tell them just don't cry. We tell them have faith in God. See, this is the power of God, the anointing of God is tangible and can be released with a touch of faith. Now, on this day, on this occasion, this was not a touch of healing. This was a touch of compassion, of compassion. Now, how then was this young man raised from the dead? Well, what did Jesus do? Did Jesus cry with him? No. Did Jesus go hug his mom? No. Jesus spoke a word of command. When you speak a word of command, you are making a demand. Everybody say it. Say, when I speak a word of command, I'm making a demand. And Jesus made a demand of faith. Jesus spoke a rhema Christos, an anointed spoken word of God. So number one, Jesus said it. Jesus did what? He said it. Look at verse 14, Luke chapter 7, verse 14. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. Now you know, and I know, I love this about Jesus. You know and I know, you don't go to a man that's crippled and, and, and doesn't walk and tell them to walk. You don't go to a dead, you don't go to a funeral procession. The normal thing is not to go to a funeral procession and say what? Young man, get up. How many of y'all know that's not the normal activity? I said, how many of y'all know that's not the normal activity? But guess what? If you act like the normal, you're going to receive the results of the normal. But if you act with the extraordinary step of faith, then you're going to receive the results of the extraordinary step of faith. See, you got to step out. Turn and say, you got to step out. What happened? The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. How was this young man raised from the dead? Jesus spoke a word of command. Jesus made a demand of faith. Jesus spoke a rhema Christos, an anointed spoken word. Did you know that you can do the same thing? You can do the same thing. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. We could say this. I will do whatever you demand in my name. Or how about this? Whatever you command in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may demand or ask anything in my name, and I will do it. And I will what? Do it. Now listen, a couple things. Don't get nervous about this. First of all, if this makes you nervous, you need to go back and, and start and watch our Wednesday night series that we're in the middle of on faith and prayer. And it explains all this. Listen, when we make a demand of faith, we're not doing anything that God didn't give us the authority to do. So in other words, you cannot, be, you cannot be driving along or somewhere and feel compassion for a drug dealer and go over there and pray in the name of Jesus, may you be the most prosperous drug dealer in Tarrant County. How many of y'all know that prayer will not work? I said, how many of y'all know that prayer will not work? We make that very clear, apparently, right? That prayer will not work. So when you make a demand, you're making a demand. We read in Psalm 103 this morning of the benefits. And one of the benefits was he heals all your diseases. So see, when you make a demand, you make a demand in faith. Now, 
This is also important why you have to be moved by the Spirit of God when you're praying these prayers for other people. Because it needs to be a rhema Christos, an anointed spoken word of God. You know, because people get crazy. People get crazy. See, there, there's some, that people have done this. You know, well, Jesus raised this young boy from the dead, so I'm gonna go to the hospital today, and as soon as I hear code blue, I'm gonna run that room and raise him from the dead. That's an idiot. You're not listening. You're not following what the miracle of Jesus was. David Yonggi Cho talks about this in his book, The Fourth Dimension, that they were having a prayer service, or they were having a youth conference, and there was a river that was in between the place where these teenagers were and the, where the prayer conference was happening. And because it got flood stages, it was very dangerous. And so they wanted to get to the prayer conference. So they sat there by the river and they said, in the name of Jesus, just like Peter walked on the water, we're gonna walk on the water. And they got out in that river and guess what happened? They drowned. They died. They died. See, tell your neighbor, say, you gotta be smart. See, this is why you gotta learn how to be moved along by the Holy Spirit of God when you're praying for people. But the flip side of that is when you're moved along by the Holy Spirit of God and you're praying for people and he gives you an outrageous prayer to pray, you pray it. I said, you pray it. You make a demand of faith. You make a demand of faith. Well, I don't know this person. So, well, what if it doesn't work? That's not, your, that's not your job. Your job is to be obedient to the voice of God in your life. Everybody say, my job, my job. is to be obedient, be obedient to the voice of God, God. in my life. my life. So, you know, we make a demand. We say it. Jesus said it. He said it. And what happened? The boy what? Heard it. But what's the problem? Was the boy alive or dead? He was dead. Turn neighbor say, he was dead. And he sat up and began to speak. Then Jesus said it, and then the dead man did it. Number two, the dead man did it. Verse 15, the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. The young man's spirit was in Sheol. The, the Bible doesn't tell us whether his spirit was in hell or in paradise, but if he was in paradise at that moment, then Jesus gave him the gift of more time. If that boy was in hell, then Jesus gave him a second chance, another opportunity to live for God. The, the bottom line is his body was dead and his spirit was in shield. And yet in shield, this man's spirit heard the voice of Jesus. He heard the word of command. He heard the demand of faith. He heard his reign of Christos. Jesus' command overrode the authority of Satan. Jesus' command overrode the authority of death. The word of God and the word of God in your mouth. Everybody say, in my mouth. And a rhema Christos overrides Satan and any negative evil report of any man or any woman. This dead man's spirit returned to his body. He sat up and he began to speak. Think about it. The dead man heard and obeyed. The dead man heard and cooperated. The dead man heard and took action. When Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus heard and obeyed. If a dead man can hear and obey, why can't the living? If a dead man can hear and cooperate, why can't the living? If a dead man can hear and take action, why can't the living? If a dead man can hear and obey, then what's your excuse? Tell your neighbor, say, what's your excuse? 
If a dead man can hear and cooperate, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? Tell your other neighbor, say, what's your excuse? If a dead man can hear and take action, what's your excuse? Say to yourself, say, I have no excuses. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 in the King James Version says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Tell your neighbor, stop making excuses. Just take action. Tell your other neighbor, say, stop making excuses. Just take action. I'm telling you this morning, I declare to you this morning, there are some of you that have lost grip of some of the purpose that God has for you. You started coasting, and I'm here to tell you to wake up in the name of Jesus and grab a hold again of that purpose for which God has set you apart for, and it's time to start fulfilling what he wants to do in your life. Maybe you have a dream that has died away. Maybe you have a dream that has fallen away. Maybe you have a desire that has fallen away. And I'm telling you and I'm proclaiming to you in the name of Jesus this morning that you need to hear the voice of God this morning in this message and you need to let that wake up in your heart. You need to resurrect that dream. You need to resurrect that desire. You need to resurrect that goal. Why? We are not on this planet just to struggle. We are not on this planet just to make it. We are not on this planet just to get by. We are not on this planet to hide and because we're scared of the world. We are not on this planet to walk away with walk around with elements in our body. We are not even on this planet just to not have elements in our body, but to be a blessing to other people. We are on this planet to be the hands and the feet of Jesus himself. And what an awesome call, what an awesome duty, what an awesome privilege it is to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. 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 You got to let it rise back up on the inside of you. You got to let it rise back up on the inside of you. Number one, the dead man and his mother received their miracle. Verse 15, the dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Number two, everyone told it. Everyone told it. Verse 16, they were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. How many all know the gospel is good news? I said, how many all know the gospel is good news? Tell others, God loves you and he wants to help you. Tell others, God loves you, and he wants to help you. Tell others, let them know. 2 Corinthians 5 says, God does not want to be mad at him. God does not want to be separated from them. God wants to be brought back into their life. And if they will just repent, if they will admit and repent and turn from evil ways and turn to God, God will come into their life and God will change their life. And they can taste and see how the Lord is good. I said they can taste and see how the Lord is what? Good. How many of y'all serve a great God? Amen. How many of y'all serve, serve a wonderful God? Amen. How many of y'all serve an awesome God? Amen. Well, then guess what? We can't keep that to ourselves. We can't keep that to ourselves. We got to let other people know. 
We got to let him know. I know you've heard this. I know you've heard this about God, but that ain't right. God is a good God. I know you've heard that you can't get back to God, but I'm telling you, you can. Let me show you the way. Jesus Christ is the way to get back to the Father. He has taken away the hostility between man and God, and he has brought peace again to where when we wake up in the morning, we don't wake up scared. When we wake up in the morning, we don't wake up heavy. When we wake up in the morning, we don't wake up with anxiety. When we wake up in the morning, we don't wake up with worry. When we wake up as a Christian, as a believer, we wake up with the joy of the Lord. We wake up with the peace of God, which passes all understanding. We wake up expecting a miracle to happen. I can't wait to see what miracle happens today. I can't wait to see who you set free today. I can't wait to see who I can minister to today. That ought to be our attitude. Now, I understand that's a challenge getting out of bed. I understand that's why you got to confess things. That's why you got to pull yourself together. That's why you got to take time first thing in the morning. And you know, whether it's before coffee or after coffee, it doesn't matter. There's nothing in the Bible about that. Whether it's before your cappuccino or after your cappuccino, it doesn't matter, whichever works for you. But you got to get your mind right because today is a great day. And today, God not only wants to bless me, but God wants to be a blessing through me. Amen? So they begin to tell it. They heard it. This is why, this is why, this is why, this is why we are spending so much time on a Wednesday night talking about faith and prayer. Why? Because when you start getting answered prayer, it starts to show the world that God is real and there's favor on your life and something's different about you than everybody else. Something's different about the way you live than everybody else and people will start to ask questions. This happened to me at SMU. I went to SMU for my undergraduate and... Uh, this happened to me all the time. I didn't have to say that. I did not have to go down the doors begging on every dorm door. Hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, Jesus loves you. Man, they heard about me. They heard. I didn't have to. I didn't have to go to anybody else's room. They. This is probably why my grades were the way they were. But they would come into my room and sit there and talk to me all the time. And they were. They, I was like. I was like a zoo animal. Is the way I describe it. What do you mean, a zoo animal? Well, they would come look at me like, you mean, you're a virgin? <laughs> yes. You mean, you don't, you don't do drugs? No, I don't smoke pot like you, like I smelt down the, down the hallway. No, I don't do that. You mean, you mean, you don't, you mean you go to church? Yes, yes, I go to church. You mean, I was looking for you on this weekend, Aaron, and you weren't in your room. Where were you? I was at home. I serve in my church. I go to church, you know, and, and you, you go to church? You mean that? You mean, you mean you believe the Bible? Yes, yes, I believe the Bible. I mean, it was, it, the sad thing about America today is they had not, come across anybody yet in America at that point. This was back a few years ago, not many, but a few years ago. 
I mean, I mean, and I don't, can't imagine what it's like today, but they had not come across someone who had ever believed the Bible, heard the Bible. I had one guy tell me one time, man, we spent hours talking about abortion, discussing abortion, and, and, and at the end of it, he goes, you know, he goes, I don't agree with you. He goes, but I will give you this. He says, I, you're the first person that's come along that has actually believed in what he reads in that book. Well, I thought to myself, Praise the Lord. You don't realize this. You just blessed me because that's getting a blessing stamp on my card in heaven right now. That's what that's doing. See, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And then they would ask me. They would ask me, well, how did you get this way? Well, how did this happen? And then I would tell them. I would tell them, look, man, Jesus loves you too. You can have, you can have the same relationship with the relationship I have with him is nothing really special. You can have it too. God doesn't show favoritism. See, this is why when Christians walk around crying, when Christians walk around full of fear, it's wrong. Because you are not representing your king the way he truly is. Now, as you say, does that mean you ever have any problems? No, I got problems. Does that mean I read? No, I got trouble. Things come at me. Things happen. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, but guess what? I'm an overcomer. Anybody else here an overcomer? I know who wins. And I'm on the side that wins. So I'm not freaking out because I win. Because why? Because I'm on the side that wins. This is why getting your body healed, this is why getting answers to your prayers are so important. It's so important. Miracles bring glory to God. Miracles prove that Jesus is alive. Miracles prove that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Miracles prove that Jesus is still doing good and healing at all. And this is why if you have a miracle testimony, you better not hide it. You better send it to us. Let's give some glory to God. So your neighbor say, we need to give some glory to God. And let me tell you, do not, do not, do not let Satan do this to you. Do not let Satan tell you, oh, that's a little thing. No one will care about that. Uh 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 uh. I don't care how big or small it is. Send it in. Get that miracle sent in. Why? Because we want to give glory to God, because others will be encouraged and inspired. How many of y'all know the things you're facing is not just you? The things you're facing, other people are facing as well. Amen. Amen? People will hear your testimony of faith and will be imparted to them and believe God for great things. What made the dead man come alive? He heard Jesus' voice. He obeyed and followed instructions. What will make your life come alive? What will resurrect your hopes and your dreams? What will resurrect any area of your life that is dead? Hear the voice of God. Hear God's word as you did today. Obey it and follow instructions. So you never say, you gotta follow instructions. We always say it's what God has done in you. He wants to do what? Through you. Everybody say, what God has done in me, he wants to do through me. So go tell it. Tell others what God has done. Look what the Lord has done. That's why our report should always be a good report. How many of y'all know a lost and dying world doesn't need a negative report? They need a good report. And don't just make demands of faith in your own life. Be used of God. Make demands of faith in other people's lives. Mark 16, Jesus told us to go 
And he told that to everyone. And he told us that signs and miracles will follow those who believe. You can say it, not just in your life, but in the lives of others. You can make demands of faith, not just in your life, but in the lives of others. You can say it and do it, not only in your life, but also in the life of others. You can cast devils out. You can lay your hands on sick and they will recover. So go and tell it, say it, do it, receive it, and tell it. Everybody say, say it, do it. Receive it and tell it. Not only in your own life, but also the lives of others. God will back you up. God will confirm his word in your miracles and in the lives of others, and miracles will take place. Everybody say, miracles are coming. Everybody say, I'm expecting a miracle today. Everybody say, I believe in the word. I receive the word. I obey the word. And it's not just for you. It's not just for you. It's not just for you. See, this is, this is the job of us is to equip you and myself for good works. Jesus put it this way, that they may see your good deeds and praise my Father in heaven. How many of y'all know they ought to see some results of a Christian life? So if you're moved with compassion, don't, 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 don't you dare. Don't you dare push that off. You follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to be, you don't have to be fasting for six weeks before you do it. You don't have, you know, you don't have to come out of your prayer closet and immediately go find out who am I filled with. No, the Holy Spirit, how many of y'all know the Holy Spirit will guide you? Amen. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because the minute I start talking about this, you thought about instances where you didn't listen. Hey, listen, I'm the same, I'm the same way. But I've made it my mission in life. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss him leading me to be effective for the kingdom of God. But that's not where it starts. It starts with you individually and you personally. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, and maybe you say, Aaron, you know, I faced a lot of things. Maybe you feel as in a desperate situation as that widow did. Her husband was gone. She had lost her son. She was in a desperate situation. But Jesus came. And Jesus, in an instant, changed the entire situation. He can change your life too. As a matter of fact, he wants to. He loves you. He's for you. He has done so much for you. He has paved a way for you. But what you've gotta do is you gotta walk down that path. You gotta turn from the path you're going down right now and you gotta walk down that path that Jesus has paved for you. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way that you are gonna be connected back to God is through Jesus Christ. So if you're here this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, say, Aaron, that's me. I've never given my life to Jesus Christ, but I want to this morning. I need to this morning. I need him. I need him in my life. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you. I want you to simply raise your hand high 
right now to where I can see it. Raise it high to where I can see it. We'll take a moment and wait for you. Thank you. I see that hand. You may put it down. Anybody else? Raise your hand high so I can see it. We'll take a moment. Listen, if you feel the Spirit of God moving on your heart, this is your opportunity. This Today is your day. Today is your day. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, that's me. Maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you prayed that prayer. And like I prayed, like I said in the message, man, that relationship with God has become dead. You no longer have fellowship with him. That fellowship is broken. You know, the beautiful thing is, in the book of Revelation, he gives us this image. He says, I'm at the door of your heart knocking. And if you'll open the door, I will come in and be with you and eat with you. In other words, he wants a relationship with you. So if you're here this morning, you prayed that prayer at one time, but you're not living for God like you know you should. You don't want to go another day, another instant, and be, have this broken fellowship with God. You want to get right with God. The Bible says if you are, if you are faith, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He loves you. And listen, Satan wants to hold you back because he knows that if you make this step, if you make this decision, it's gonna not just change your life, but it's gonna change the lives of people that you come in contact with. Like I was as a 16-year-old young boy, grew up in church, knew the Bible, but I wasn't living for him, and I was at a retreat, and I heard him say, today is your day, this is your moment, and I raised my hand that Saturday morning. Just think, just think how Satan didn't want me to do that because he knew if I did that, things would change. Well, too bad, Satan, things have changed. And if that's you this morning, you say, Aaron, I gave my life to Jesus Christ at one time, but I'm not living for him like I know I should. I wanna get right with him this morning. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand high right now. Say, Aaron, that's me. Thank you. I see those hands, you may put them down. Anybody else? Thank you, I said hands back there, you may put it down. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, that's me. God has nothing but good things in store for you. God loves you. God desires to bless you but you have a part to play. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, that's me. Aaron, that's me. Come on, teenager. You can't hide your heart from God. You can act like it, but you can't hide your heart from God. There's no reason to come to church acting like everything's okay, but inside, down deep in your heart, it's not. This is your day. Anybody else? Say, Aaron, that's me. Lift up your hand high to where I can see it. Let's do this, let's all stand to our feet. We are so excited. How many y'all excited for people making decisions for the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of you are for those who just made decisions for Jesus Christ? Amen. And because you're in a room of people that love you, here's what we're gonna ask. If you raised your hand, you're serious. If you brought, ladies, if you brought a purse, I want you to grab it. If you brought a Bible, if you brought possessions, something that you wouldn't feel easy just leaving, I want you to grab it. I want you to step on the aisle and come join me here at the front because I want to pray with you. 
So if you raise your hand this morning, come on and make your way to the front. You're in a room full of people that are for you 100%. Why do we do this? Because we want to be a blessing to you. That's it. Come on, get a little, come on. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but no, you need to be up here. Now's your opportunity. Come forward. Come forward now. This is your opportunity. There, there's no shame in this whatsoever. This is a celebration. This is rejoicing. This is, this is no shame. This is rejoicing. God wants to do great things in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it because he loves you so much. He's got a plan just for you. Amen. So for the sake of those that are up here and everybody out there, let's repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I come before you admitting that I've done wrong, that I've gone my own way. But today, Lord, I say yes to you. I say yes to your ways. I say yes to your sacrifice for me. Thank you for a way back. Thank you for restoring my life in a relationship with God. I believe that. I receive that. And I thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for each and every person that's represented right here this morning. And I thank you, Father God, that they may know and sense your presence, that they realize that you've got great things in store for them. I thank you, Father God, that you've got plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans to give them a hope and a future. And I thank you in the name of Jesus, Satan, you must take your hands off of each and every one of these right here, right now. Everything that you meant for evil will now be turned around for good. Take your hands off their bodies. Take their hands off their lives. Take your hands off their families now in Jesus' awesome name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to be a blessing to you because we realize the real battle is Monday through Friday. You know, the real battle is when you're by yourself. So we want to give some things to you to be a blessing to you to help you. So if you'll go with our prayer counselors, where are they? Right over, excuse me, he's right over here. If you'll go with them, they'll get you right back in the service in just a minute. Let's give them a round of applause. God bless you, sir. God bless you, Gio. Come on, you can do way better than that. Come on now. This isn't a golf tournament. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And listen, we're praying for those. If you're online, if you're watching online and you just prayed that prayer with us, guess what? You don't have to be here right here. The same thing that happened to them just happened to you. But we want to know about it. Tell us what God has done in your life. There's an there's a address at the bottom of the screen. Go to that address, please. Let us know. We want to send something to you. We want to be a blessing to you. No matter where you are, we want to be a blessing to you because we know that God has a plan for you. How many of y'all know God has a plan for them? Amen? You can be sitting in your room somewhere across the world and your life just got changed because Jesus has just touched your life.
Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God for a whole family. Come on now. Come on now, a whole family. Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. May we see more families come to Jesus at Faith Christian Center. Amen.